It'll be a three-man rush, eight in coverage, three in the end zone. Dalton heaves it down the right side toward the end zone. It is knocked up in the air. Oh, A.J. Green oh, makes the catch. Oh, 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 man. A deflected oh, ball winds oh, up in the hands God. of A.J. Green. It's the clock hits zero. Three-year-old Tony Pike waits for the snap, has the football, short drop, lobs one down the sideline for Bins, he's got it, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And a high fly ball, way back in center field, it is out right here, a grand slam home run for Joey Votto, and this one belongs to the Reds. Did you have your shirt on? And last I checked, I did, yes, why? Now a steal by Gary Clark and a breakaway to the rim for a thunderous tomahawk jam. Get you one, big fella. Then a strike for Bertoni, and the magical moment belongs to Leonardo Bertoni. He opens the FC Cincinnati account with a goal in the 14th minute. Yeah, double dip from the ice cream cone. Welcome back! I'm really sorry. It's... Gotta turn my mic on. <laughs> it's been a month. <laughs> Clearly. You support. Clearly it's been a month. How many times did we record that intro? Three? God. Um, I'm really sorry that it's been so long since we've recorded an episode. He's not sorry. I am sorry. He's not sorry, guys. I am going through some things personally in that selling and buying a house is a crazy, crazy time of someone's life, and that's not fun. So, no, it's not. So that's been my holdup as we had to be ready at any given moment to have a showing and get dogs and a kid out of the house, and yeah, it's just... There's been a lot happening in my life with no, all of that. So I've just been sitting down here in the basement for the last two weeks. Just, just looking waiting. at the micro- microphones longingly. The microphone. Apparently I did something <laughs> on my microphone because it doesn't feel like it's working very well. It could just be me. I mean, it's just usually... Better. Oh, there we go. Hey. It's usually <laughs> you. got to move the slider. All, all right. right. Wow. We're doing things. Big things. All right. So without further ado, Let's this go. is, pardon the punctuation... It is City Beat's third best sports coverage in the city. Third best. Third. I'm sorry. Third. What did I say? You said third best. All right. I just repeated what you said. I, you made me feel like I messed up. Oh, well. I can read. Um, Happens. For those of you who are new to us, welcome. For those of you who are regulars, welcome back. Don't forget you can check us out on Facebook at Pardon the Punctuation. We also have our Facebook group, Bearcat Nation. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us at PTP Podcast Cincy. That's with a Y. On Instagram, pardon underscore the underscore punctuation. Call us anytime you want. Leave us a voicemail, 513-818-2077 with your questions, comments, feedback, hot takes, or whatever the hell it is you want to talk about. On YouTube, you can find us at Pardon the Punctuation. Yeah, don't look for us on YouTube anymore. I think we're scrapping that. All right. Let's go ahead and delete that one right out. (laughs) That was a failed project. Um, you can check out our website, www.ptpcincy.wordpress.com, and you can email us with any of your ideas, whether you want to 
write a blog or uh, just anything you had that you want to talk about, get off your chest, whatever. Pardon the punctuation at gmail.com. RIP the YouTube page. <laughs> so, again, thank you to new listeners. Thank you to returning listeners. We got some good stuff lined up for you tonight. Ed, you ready to get moving with some reds? Uh, we might as well just get started here. Let's go. So, it's been a hell of a season here in Cincinnati for our Red Legs. And for that very reason, we decided to bring back probably one of the uh, one of our BFF uh, friend of the show. The third guy. Clay Snowden. The third guy. Clay, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back again. Always a pleasure to come on and talk a little bit about the Reds. And just in case you don't remember, uh, Clay is of Locked On Reds. You can read. Uh, you did write something up on Marty and what he meant to you for uh, this week on Locked On, correct? Yeah, it's uh, it's on my Twitter. It's pinned to the top. It's pretty much a little overview of Marty. I know everyone's probably exhausted about reading the same stories that we all have. Um, so I didn't write too much, but I did include some different YouTube videos, the different clips of his calls. And even like some funny commercials I found him in, and of course the very uncomfortable commercial he has with Laura's lean beef when he says flavor jerky, and it's just cringy. But that's in there as well. <laughs> you can find his Twitter handle at Clay underscore Reds. Um, it's an APA format, by the way. So kind of hopping yeah. into some of those. I hate you with your APA <laughs> stuff. Get out of here. <laughs> hopping into. Marty, it, it was Marty's last day today, and it was an emotional day for a lot of Reds fans as he was 46 years here. 46. 46, 46 yeah. That's a, that's a run. That That's a hell of a run. Yeah, I mentioned my article. Like It's rare that anybody keeps a job for 46 years. Anywhere. So anytime you can keep a job that long is pretty damn impressive. Um, just to kind of touch on Marty... Um, you know, some people criticize him more in recent years, calling out players and his dislike for Votto at times and whatnot. But he's an icon. He's a legend in the area. Um, I grew up listening to him. Um, he's been around 20 years longer than I've even been alive. Um, so growing up listening to him, everyone has the stories of laying in bed when their parents don't know they're in bed. Everyone did that, including me. Um, he just, you know, is... Really, really, really special, and he did a lot in the community, and I've never heard a bad story about a run-in with Marty. And um, the person who's going to replace him, Tommy Thrall, is also going to be great. It's going to be tough to step in after, you know, picking up after a Hall of Famer. But, Absolutely. Um, Tommy Thrall is great. Um, hopefully he can be the next person to be there for, you know, 46 years and leave a similar mark. So, I mean, just... What do you think the the overall like? I saw one person on Twitter say that today at Holy Grail, like partying before, like pre gaming before the game was like opening day, except everyone was sad. So it was like the antithesis of opening day. Yeah, I saw some pictures. I believe Lance McCallis. No, it was either Lance McCallis or no, it was Mo Aker. I think was down there. I don't remember which one. Friend of the I think show. Mo, right? Do you all... Yeah, Mo. I think Mo was down there. Makes sense that Mo be down there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I get them a few sometimes, but yeah, Mo was down there. Um, I saw some pictures on Twitter, and it looked kind of 
you know, everyone was there in the morning. They opened up and everything. And it was kind of like a sad send-off. Um, so, yeah, but I'm glad that they kind of treated it that way. The Reds gave away the radios, which is like the coolest giveaway ever. Um, I think it was 20,000 of the first people. And there was lines 22, way backed up this morning. 22,000, 22, yeah. So 22,000 people got a radio that they're going to use once. It's going to be awesome. Those are just to keep in the box. Yeah, probably. I thought about buying one. I'm not going to lie. I wonder how much... I bet you they're on eBay right now. You know, I'll, I'll look it up as we continue on, and I'll, I'll let you know what I find. On the Reds mem- memorabilia page, they're 20 to 35 right now. That's not terrible. That's not bad. So, our Reds were eliminated from the playoffs this year, as most of us pretty much expected, but... They did improve their record this season. We're going to finish somewhere between 76 and 86 and 73 and 89. Obviously, I'm hoping closer to that 76. But there were definitely, like, it was normally where we've stopped thinking about the playoffs months ago. Correct. And this year, there was actually some hope going into late July, early August. Yeah, the first week of August, we had that series, I believe, with the Cubs. When Aquino was just crushing, and it seemed like there was a, you know, there was an outside chance, but um, that was, you know, one of the coolest parts, just knowing the buzz around the city, just knowing that, hey, this team is not completely out of it right now, and usually you come around the all-star break trade deadline, and team kind of unloads players, and you just kind of move on, and you have a bunch of minor leaguers, which we did have a bunch of minor leaguers playing the year, but Correct. it was kind of fun, and just seeing the fan base interacting with people on Twitter is pretty cool, just knowing that there was some hope. Well, and you figure some of those guys that were starting prior to the end of the season that went in for some surgery, maybe if we have a playoff run, I'm looking largely at like a Winker or a Senzel or Ooh. even a Sonny Gray, um, some of those guys maybe don't cash it in so early with these surgeries if we're looking at a, a playoff run, right? Right. There's a few things that, um, you know, we're, we play in a hard division to begin with. Um, when you start this season the way they did, I think they start like 1-7 or 1-8, 8, I believe. That's just tough right off the bat to kind of bounce back from. Um, and really what it was is, the pitching was great. Starting pitching was really good this year. Um, if you really, when you look at the roster, it just isn't a playoff roster. Um, that's pretty much more or less what it was. Votto is not Votto, as we all know. A lot of people look at the deep analytics of it and say, he's this and the other, sure. Um, he just doesn't have... It didn't seem like he was as comfortable with taking pitches, and he was taking more strikes than usual. That's just part of, you know... As you get older, you regress a lot of times. It's part of it. Um, the production in the middle infield offensively was kind of bad. Second base was really bad. Um, the Derek Dietrich, I know I hate to fall on my sword here, but the fan favorite Derek Dietrich that I told in the preseason lived up to the hype for like a month and a half, and then he like has had, I think, like one single in his past like. 40 at-bats or something. and So him falling off didn't help. The injuries with Winker and Senzel, um, just really the lack of offense. The first inning offense has always been great this season for whatever weird niche reason, but 
Um, just not being able to score runs is really kind of frustrating to watch. Absolutely. It, I don't know. I mean, and you could even talk about catcher was, was glaring offensively as well, uh, although Tucker had yeah. hit his stride a little bit last month. But Yeah, Tucker Tucker played well this past month. Had a couple of doubles yesterday. Um, Kirk Casale battled with an injury, and Kirk Casale is you know, a decent backup, and um, Tucker may be more of a backup than a starter, really. Um, that's something that they definitely, I know we're going to talk about it later, but it's something that they definitely need to address in the offseason. So, if you wanted to look at some some stars that we had kind of rise this year and some guys you've already touched a little bit on, you know, Joey Votto falling off a little bit. Um, But if we're kind of looking at next year, as far as the, the growth of some guys that we want to be watching that are currently on the roster as is uh, what kind of, what kind of guys are you looking at as kind of those stars that are still on the rise and some of those guys that are falling off? Sure. Um, Obviously the first one that comes to mind, everybody will say Aquino. Yep. Um, Had that um amazing historic run in the beginning when he got called up and it was so much fun to watch him just knowing he could hit a home run at any moment definitely slumped a little bit and has recently picked it back up yesterday was a great game um he's seven for seven for steals this year a lot of people don't realize that he has some speed and he also i mean he's just hustling and he still gives it a hundred percent um if he can get 5% 5% better, not even like in the home run numbers, just you know, a little bit more well-rounded with his at-bats. I mean, we're talking about a very special right fielder for the Reds. Um, and he's cheap for now, you know. And that's definitely some something that's bright for the future. How long is he under contract um, for? Um, I'm not entirely sure because of the arbitration stuff sure. and um, I'm not entirely sure. Um, another player that is somebody who came on has had good moments, has had some bad moments, has trying to figure in. It's Alex Blandino. I think he's a guy that has shown some promise at times. Um, it's definitely an important off season for him. Um, as somebody who's going to be, I mean, the middle infield right now is pretty open. They're going to need a second baseman. They're going to need a shortstop, and they're going to need someone to back up those positions as well. And he's somebody who could play both of those positions. He's played some first base. I mean, he has played third in his career in the minors. I'm not really sure if he's going to be a third baseman in the majors. But he's somebody who potentially could have a big offseason. Obviously, Philip Irvin has been getting at bats and playing pretty well. Um, Josh Van Meter kind of had an up-and-down time. I like him a lot. I don't it's think nice he's too. an everyday player. Um, I did a vote on Twitter today, and 80% of people don't think he's an everyday player either. Um, Do you think that's but recency he could be bias, the utility though? guy, lefty. What's that? Sorry, I totally interrupted you. Um, do you think that's Later. recency bias based on his misplay of the pop-up to him in the outfield today where he gave up the runs? That, yeah, two misplays. You know, I mean... Back-to-back, dropped the ball, and then dove for a ball he should never have dove for um, I think he's somebody who could be an outfielder if they needed to. I'd rather not see him in the outfield, though. Um, I can. If he could just be come in, if he could come in and just kind of play, kind of like what Derek Dietrich did, um, he could be the backup third baseman next year. Play some second base, 
back up first base and back up outfield, kind of in a as needed position. So I think that's the role he carve out. Um, he puts together good at bats. Usually watches some pitchers, which is good. Um, has a good eye. So he's somebody you could play in. He didn't have, you know, he started off pretty slow. Then when he got called up again, he did pretty well. Um, as far as people that fell off, I mean, you could talk about Derek Dietrich having like a historic fall off. Um, I think Dietrich's done for the year, or excuse me, done with the Reds. Um, he'll move on. He was fun while it lasted. Great guy in the clubhouse, kind of a fun guy. Um, Jose Iglesias was kind of up and down at times. I know he has a good batting average, but he doesn't get on base enough. Um, Brian O'Grady, somebody, too, who's on the roster, kind of, I don't really know what his future looks like. He's older. A lot of people forget that he's a little bit older than most people that come up at this point now as a rookie. I think he's 27 years old. will be 28 in the beginning of next year. But then, of course, Jose Peraza is just... I mean, it's unbearable to watch at times. Um, they try to make him into the utility guy. You can play outfield. Not a good idea. No. Can't hit. Horrible at base running. Yeah. Gets thrown out on every steal. Just not a spectacular defensive player or anything. He's probably very, very expendable. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of some of the people I see kind of rising and falling. In terms of, like, people who to keep a name on who aren't on the roster necessarily, like, um, Alex Powers is a relief pitcher who pitched in double-A and triple-A this year. I think he's a great pitcher, and I think he'll get a chance next year. Um, a guy whose name we're familiar with, Cody Reed. There's definitely a spot in this bullpen for another lefty, except for Amir Garrett. Cody Reed pitched well this year, just very limited because of injuries. Um, maybe he has a good offseason with Derrick Johnson, comes back and takes over that lefty role that Wandy Peralta and Zach Duke could not do. Um, and then another guy to keep an eye on is Tyler Stevenson, the catching prospect. He's still young, but I think he has a big offseason, and I don't think he's like going to be the starting on his catch next year, but he's somebody who could factor into the future in a big way. So if we're looking at some of the highlights of the season this year, some of the things that stood out to me and feel free to jump in and talk about any of these things. If you'd like, we have round one and round two of the fight against Pittsburgh, maybe around three here over the next three games. Those are my favorite. Start there. Dietrich, start there. Dietrich, bat and lead off. So he gets as many at bats as possible. <laughs> and just tell him to try to crank a home run, and if he strikes out in the bottom of the ninth or, or top of the ninth, just I don't really care. Just charge the mound. Let's just you know <laughs> give us something. Yeah, let's end the, let's end the season with some fireworks, and then throw out Amir Garrett yeah. to close out the game. Well, Amir I mean, Garrett he, he will he walk off the field and then run off the field, right? What if it gets chippy? Like neither team has anything to play for at all. Well, I mean, players do, but I mean. What if it does get kind of chippy? That would be very interesting because you know that's going to lead into next year. Well, we also know that Clint Hurdle plays the game one way, and that's dirty. So, yeah, I saw he like was told he's going to be back next year, which is crazy because they've had some like they've had some bull not bullpen, um, they've had some problems Clubhouse. like internally Clubhouse, Clubhouse problems, problems. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, just internal fights. Uh, we won't even get into the Vasquez stuff. 
Yikes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, um, yeah, but, like, going, like, with, with that uh, talk about the Pirates, right, it's like, that was one of, like, the highs I thought about this season was opening day. Like, could you have asked for more entertaining opening day? Castillo no. throwing well, and uh, Dietrich coming in with the pinch hit. I mean, it's just, it was an awesome opening day, and that was, like, you know, one of the better opening days I can remember in the past three years. So you also had the Yasiel Puig entertainment of most of the season. Well, the most of the relevant season, I suppose. Everything's going to be all rookie, guys. It's going to be all right. I think yeah, Puig up. was fun, but I'm kind of in a way glad that it was only half of a season because the highs were high and the lows were lows with him. And a full season of that when the Reds were playing well and near the end of the year. I don't know how that would have gone. Um, not that, you know, I like Puig. I just, I don't know. Like, I could see fans getting mad if he wasn't playing well. And, uh, it was entertaining as hell, though. I mean, he's a fun guy to watch. You also had the addition by subtraction of Aristides Aquino, a.k.a. the Punisher. And like we talked about earlier, the unprecedented historic start of his career. Right. Uh, I mean, I I just think that's amazing how he just kind of, he was always on some prospect list, but he kind of just broke out of nowhere. He had been kind of given up on. No one wanted to sign him. In the offseason, the Reds just gave him a minor league deal, and now they have what they look at as potentially their starting right fielder of you know, the next several years. At the very least, is looking like a very good piece of this puzzle yeah. that has seemed to be never-ending in this rebuild. Um, you also have right. a solid, solid guy in what's turned out to be one of the most cost-effective deals for the Reds in Eugenio Suarez, who just set the NL record for home runs for a third baseman. And has also already set the record for home runs by Venezuelan. I really regret selling his autographed baseballs that I had. <laughs> I really regret it. Uh, that was, um, I'm pretty sure the second article I ever wrote was before the season started about how we need to thank Alfredo Simon for the <laughs> best like trade of all time for the Reds rebuild. And I mean, Suarez is playing like $7 million a year, and he's locked up for a while, and he's playing like, you know, one of the best third basemen. On the flip side um, of that coin. And you just don't get a player for that deal. I mean, it's just amazing. On the flip side of that coin, yes, Big Pasta was, I mean, that's a great trade. But look at how bad the Tigers are now. Like, what did you do? I'm not surprised at all that the Tigers mismanaged that. That's just not surprising to me. They were front office all the time, and yikes, man. Um, but just touching on some of the other highlights, kind of the highs of the season. Um, just you know, beating the Cubs a lot yes. this year. What's all good. in like kind of, kind of like starting their tremendous downfall of losing playoff hopes a few weeks back. That was awesome. Yes. Um, Amir Garrett was entertaining as hell and just great at times this year. I just love watching that guy play. Um, He's my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. He's just awesome. That's the swagger you need out of the bullpen. Also, I really um, need to find him on Fortnite. I mean, yeah, he, he only tweets about it like once yeah. in a while. I haven't seen him tweet it recently, though. Off-season's coming. But, yeah. Um, kind of one thing that a lot of people have probably forgotten because of how the season turned, but we swept the Astros. Like, that was awesome. We swept the Astros. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, the first half of the year. And a lot of people forgot about that you know, midweek sweep. And that was a time where, you know, I was kind of like, whoa, wait up. You know, what does this team have? And, um, was so that- there's definitely some good parts. Was that um, when, you know, like we already touched on, when you kind of got to smell the playoff hopes in August, that's something we haven't experienced in six years. And yeah, the the all the uniforms this year that was so much fun celebrating the hundred and fifty oh, yeah. years of the Reds. Yeah, I, I forgot to list the uniforms. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, man, I don't have it in front of me like the best and worst ones, but. I liked most of them. I did not like the blue ones. Yeah, those were, yeah. That brought out the best in And some of like the really old ones were just those. like, you know, obviously like, just so old that they just look weird. But um, I'm kind of seeing like no the sleeves. 90s. Yeah, the no sleeves one was awesome. I'm a big fan of those. <laughs> yeah, there's some uniforms like the 90s ones I kind of like just because, you know, late 90s, early 2000s ones that were oh, yeah. kind of like, you know, brought you back um, another thing that I had listed on mine was just to see Luis Castillo in the first half of the year and Sonny Gray in the second half of the year. Right. And it was just almost like a passing of the torch, which was very strange because I think before the All-Star break, I even personally was wondering, how the hell did Sonny Gray get an All-Star bid? And then he just continued to shine brighter even than With Castillo. apparently an elbow injury the whole time. Yeah. Right. Um, I have a buddy that's a good or a big Yankees fan and I would like periodically send him like the baseball reference page of Sonny Gray. Just like, here's what you're missing out on. Like, hope you enjoy you know, some mid-level, pretty decent prospects, but some mid-level prospects we sent you. Um, Sonny Gray was awesome. I love that you know, he got to get back with his college pitching coach and um, looks like we got a, you know, a one-two punch there that's pretty damn strong. Um, hopefully, Trevor Bauer uh, either figures it out or gets moved um, because he's just not looking that great right now. Real quick, I just want to give you props for using the word periodically because I, I always screw that one up. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. I, you know, I had to, like, really think about it before I said it. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I did, too, right, when I just repeated it back to you. I thought for sure I was going to say So, <laughs> kind of switching gears here, what areas of need do you think the Reds have for next year? Um, let me see. Areas of need probably will start. We'll start around the diamond. Catching situation needs to be improved. I don't think if you go into the same you – know, if you really – want to contend in 2020 this roster needs to look I wouldn't say like totally different but there needs to be some drastic changes um, going in with Tucker Barnhart and Kirk Casale as you're catching is just not something that playoff teams would have and it's not like we have a ton of organizational depth by catching it's Tyler Stevenson and then a bunch of 
players that would have to have like a Josh Van Meter type breakout to affect us next year. Um, so it's not looking great. Um, I know we're going to talk about some players to watch and stuff. We'll address that then. Um, again, middle infield, shortstop. We don't have the players necessarily signed. And second base needs to be decided on as well. Um, it's, <laughs> it's going to sound like we're just listing almost every position, but outfield. <laughs> um, you got to figure out what they're going to do in the outfield. Jesse Winker, uh, maybe he's used as a trade chip. Maybe he comes back. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, Sinzel, is he going to be a center fielder? Is he going to be moved to second base? And is he ever going to play a full season? Um, At the very least, I think we can agree that Jesse Winker should never play center field again, right? Correct. (laughs) Any of the backup center field options that we had this year were probably not great. I mean, Phil Urban would be probably the best of the options. Um, Scott Shebler, Jesse Winker, yikes, I don't need to see them in center field. Um, <laughs> and I know I love Aquino, and I think I just think it would be irresponsible for the Reds to come in expecting him to be automatically given right field and take away with it. You know, he more times than not during his career, he has shown that he cannot produce like he has. I'm not saying that he can. I know he changed his batting stance, and the results have been good. But it just worries me because of the small sample size. I'm not saying bring in some expensive corner outfielder to challenge him that way, but I wouldn't mind bringing in somebody, maybe like kind of what they did, like with a Dietrich and um, Iglesias, where you kind of bring in a veteran who maybe needs to change the scenery and see if you know how they play. But if I had to guess, I'd say Aquino will be the starting right fielder. Um, and then we need some bullpen help. We need another lefty. I, I'd almost venture to say we also need a closer. Yeah. Um, Iglesias is one of those players that, I mean, he put up some good save numbers this year. Um, he also had awful games at times, some attitude issues at times, or you know, whatever the issue was with him not closing, closing closer. Um, maybe he gets traded, maybe he has a different role, maybe Amir Garrett could be the closer, I don't know, I maybe I'm just wanting that because I think that would be really freaking cool, but um, bullpen hope, another lefty, and they kind of have to figure out the starting situation. Um, if they trade Bauer, they keep, let's say they keep Bauer. You're looking at Gray, Castillo, Bauer. Discafani has pitched really well recently, um, but then you have that fifth starter. Kevin Gosman was trying out some starting and some bullpen. I don't think he comes back simply because he's not worth the probably nine to eleven million, thirteen million, whatever it'll be that he'll get with arbitration. Um, he's getting like nine point five right now. I don't think they're going to bring him back at that price tag. He just hasn't shown enough. Tyler Malley has had a lot of issues. Um, I, I still feel like he has the talent. I just don't know why it's not clicking. He has, at times, you know, just command issues, and he gives up home runs. And 
Um, hopefully he can figure it out. I don't think they're going to stretch out any of the starters that they've moved to the bullpen, like a Lucas Sims. Um, I don't know if they will, or like a Sour Mono, Cody Reed, those type of people that have started before. Um, I think those type of guys will remain bullpen options. So they're going to have to figure out their fifth starter. Sure. Real quick, I, uh, I did a search on on eBay. There are 27 listings for one of these transistor radios. They go anywhere from $20 to $100. Hmm. I, I'm on it as well. I was about to mention it. And it's funny because there's some that's like, you know, you can buy this now for $45 for yeah. free. This was a new listing. These are all new listings, right? Right. This one was posted like two hours ago or something. There's currently one that has 22 bids on it that's at $71. <laughs> it was listed at 11.30 a.m. So in other words, this person like jumped out right away, put it on eBay. People thought, I have no idea how much it's going to cost, but I have to have it. And then they realized, holy shit, every single one of these people realized they don't really want this radio now. <laughs> I don't see And that people that are not collectors are just kind of like, ah, you can have it, what, 30 bucks? I don't know. Just pay yeah. for the price of the admission to the ticket. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no surprise that I'm like a big uh, memorabilia collector. But on the, on the Facebook page, there's people selling a whole set of the things that are... They were giving away all weekend. The replica ticket, the yeah. uh, the picture, and the transistor radio for like 60 <laughs> Yeah, so somebody... So there's bids on one going for $77. That was posted at 11 This one was posted at eight fifty seven. It says nineteen ninety nine or best offer. Unreal. Yeah, see? There we go. We need that one. Yeah. We should get it. So you were talking about the pitching... Yes. Oops. Were we done with the pitching? Well, the pitching, I just think if they can get, if they trade Bauer, they need two starters. If they don't, they need one starter. I think there will be plenty of competition. Um, I was hoping for some of the prospects to kind of, Tony Santos and Vladimir Gutierrez were two prospects that I like that are starting pitchers coming into the season. Both of them struggled. Um, one in double A, one in triple A. Uh, Gutierrez kind of finished the season strong. Uh, they're definitely not, I don't think, going to play an immediate role in the beginning of the year, at least next season. So I think also when you have a playoff team like they're trying to create, now's the time. They've been rebuilding forever. You don't risk it on people that are 22, 23 years old that have promise but have kind of struggled and bounced around you got to go out and try to get another starter um and i think that's something that they're doing free agency so speaking of free agency what free agents do you think the reds should go after and you know if you can't come up with a free agent do you think there's some trades that we should make yeah so free agency a lot of people are going to talk about this um Yasmani Grandal, who was originally with the Reds, traded to the Padres and met Matt Leto still. Um, Grandal signed a... Right. Sorry. Old Matt Latos. I wonder what he's doing now. After he, I think he's out of independent ball. I know he like tackled a batter or something he's wearing two years ago. Or something. Hold on, I'm having it on Instagram. Yeah. I'll look it up. Oh, yeah. Definitely do that. But Yasmani Grandal, 
he has signed a one-year deal with the Brewers this year for $18 million. So he's just like kind of getting big money, but they want to sign like a long contract. Um, if he becomes a free agent, I think that's somebody... It's obvious that the Reds are looking to improve catching. They tried in the offseason last year with JT, with Obviously, he went to the Phillies. Um, I don't want them to strike out two years in a row because that's obviously something they're trying to improve and it's something that they don't have a lot of organizational depth to it. Um, you're going to have to pull out your pocketbook because Grandal's had a great year. Um, there's some other catchers, but most of them are kind of with free agency kind of older, kind of near the latter part of their careers or not very great catchers. They'd kind of be in the, around the Tucker Barnhart a little bit better um, but a lot of those players who are a little bit better than Tucker Barnard, a lot of teams will keep a hold of too. So it's just kind of tough to get a good catcher. It really is. Um, it's a tough position to find. Um, other free agents that are going to get a look, Anthony Rondeau will be, you know, the cream of the crop. Um, that's kind of like a pipe dream, I think. He has played some second base in his career. Um, I believe he played like five games there this year. Um, I guess they would bring him in. He's a third baseman right now with the Nationals, for those of you who don't know, and he's absolutely incredible. If they were to give him all the money in the world to play second base, I'm not sure if he would want to play second base or if he'd sign elsewhere to play third base on a team that's you know, probably a little bit more promising. Um, Mike Moustakis, also with the Brewers, played some second, played some third. A good player. Um, I would actually like to bring him in. I just don't know if he's going to get re-signed or not. He's having a pretty good year. Um, and then to round out the infield shortstop, do you bring back Jose Iglesias? If they do, I would hope it would be a backup role. Um, but I think he could get starter money for somebody like, you know, um, you know, a team that doesn't have a shortstop that's not exactly contending. Um, and then Freddie... Galvis will have a, I think it's $5 million or $5.5 million club option if they want to bring him back as a shortstop. Um, D.D. Gregorius, another former Red that's oh, yeah. doing really well. He'll be a free agent as well. He's kind of the cream of the crop at short. And after him, it's it's a pretty steep drop-off. Um, Freddie Galvis is probably one of the better options at short after D.D. So, it's probably worth it to just give Freddie the 5.5. That's more of a trade market thing, I would think. Of course, a lot of people on Red's Twitter want Lindor from the Indians. That's going to cost a lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know why everyone's like on Twitter's like, yeah, sign, you know, Rendon and then go get Lindor. I'm like, who do you? We're not the Yankees. We're not the Yankees. I mean, we're giving out minor league deals to players. And starting them, you know what I mean? This is not going to happen. What do you think the um, odds of Jonathan India coming up are next year? Um, India had a pretty good year this year. I would rather use India in a trade chip to wow. get a good player um, on a needy position, mostly because I don't get to, I didn't get to watch India much this year because the lookouts. We're the only double-A team that are not offered with MILB TV 
which is dumb. When we had Pensacola, I could watch all the games. So I didn't get to watch his defense much, but he's playing mostly third base. Um, obviously, we have a third baseman that's not going anywhere, and it's not going to change positions. So I don't know about India if he's going to – they tried to short some last year. They played him at second some. I really don't know if – you know, it's just kind of one of those deals. They drafted the best available player they thought at that time. And he played a position that was now occupied by one of you know the best in the NL. So he's probably better as a trade chip to get a more proven player, um, which will lead us into another pipe dream, Mookie Betts, that everyone's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, just go get Mookie Betts. Like, I saw people like with ridiculous trade, like, oh, the Red Sox would do it for, you know, they list like three mid-level prospects. Like, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Mookie Betts would solve a lot of it. You know, if you wanted to trade Winker, Bauer, India, Iglesias, or Russell Iglesias, like if you wanted to give up probably another, it would take so much. I feel like to get Mookie Betts, he would just be amazing. Um, well, and then could you even afford him? Right, exactly. So I mean, there's that's a part of baseball. Yeah, I could start a whole. Do podcasts and why we think there should be a salary cap for baseball, but well, we'll not get we're not going to get down that road. But um, it would solve some issues. So um, yeah, I think another interesting um, free agent is Nick Castellanos, who plays for the Cubs. Did play for the Tigers. Um, he has been awesome. I'm, I'm, you all are probably familiar with his name. Most listeners should be because he's been killing the Reds. Yep. And he will be a free agent, and the Cubs are in the position of, like, wow, we have a lot of these really expensive players, and we're not making the playoffs. Like, what direction are we going in? Like, I don't really know. We're going to afford everybody. So if he's somebody who does get to walk, he could be somebody who could play. I would. I just really like him a lot. If they could sign him, then you could play him in. He played third base at one point in time. He's an outfielder now. You could play him at left field, and then Winker would either be expendable or would platoon, or you know that you cross that bridge and you come to it. But he's he's a damn good player, and uh, he's somebody who will be a free agent. Well, lots of stuff to look forward to going into the off season. I'm sure we'll catch up at some point this off season. In the meantime, it's yeah. it's been a lot of fun this season. I mean, it, we all had hope. For the first time in a long time, we all had hope. Hope. Right. And that's um, more than... Before we go, I just yeah. I just want to do a quick... Somebody on Twitter asked about oh, players... Oh, yeah, we did have who some Twitter be, questions. Yes, we have Twitter questions. Yeah, I have them right here. Um, I'm just going to run through them pretty quickly. Um, Scott Campbell, Brian Close, both asked about an entirely new outfield. I think we touched on that enough. Um, yes. On the outfield. Um. Willie Snow Pena talked about the Pete Rose statue. I'm just going to leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to tear it down. I, uh, I, a lot of people have very, very strong opinions about Pete Rose. Um, Including I don't Marty want to touch today. on that. Marty didn't have yeah, any Yeah, he did. But he was on the good side. Depends on yeah. what side you think is the good side. Uh, I have to go back and I, I wouldn't to that. Say I'm exactly a, I wouldn't say I'm exactly a Pete Rose guy. Let me just leave it at that. 
Fair enough. Um, Mason City Limits asked who's off the 40-man roster, which is going to be a big topic. So I was going to run through and just name the players quickly who I think will not be on the 40-man. Um, Scott Schabler. Now, this is I'm not including anybody that's traded. I, you know, if, I'm not going to say I don't think so-and-so will be there because he's traded. These are people I don't think would be brought back and removed from the 40-man. Right, right. Scott Schabler, Jose Peraza, Jose Iglesias, Derek Dietrich, Christian Colon, Juan Gratterall, probably Kurt Casale, um, Sal Romano, Kiri Mela, uh, Jimmy Herget, Kevin Gossman, that RJ Alanis, or whatever his name is, and Matt Bowman, probably not. Just because you're going to have to protect some people with Rule 5 and then also free agents or whatnot. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of who I think. Just I literally just went through that without thinking. So I, I forgot somebody or, you know, said something dumb. That's just tough. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I do it all the time. But, hey, guys, it really has been great coming on this year. I was really nervous the first time. Uh, never done a podcast before. Uh, you all made it very easy. I really really enjoyed doing this i look forward to it every time you'll ask hey you know recording in three hours can you do it hell yeah i can <laughs> uh, so i've really enjoyed it it's been fun it's been easy conversation hopefully the viewers like it um and hopefully you know we can talk in the off season maybe around winter meetings after some trades have been made and rumors get started um, but I really appreciate you all letting me come on and just give my two cents and kind of bounce ideas with you all yeah, man, it's been fun. It's been a ton of fun. It's been a blast. You are yeah, absolutely. You are kind of uh, our unofficial third, but uh, don't forget you can check him out on Locked On Reds with his articles that he writes. Clay Snowden. You can also find him on Twitter at Clay underscore Reds. Clay, man, it's been real. We'll we'll definitely have to check in with you uh, at least once or twice through the off season as things start to develop, but uh, or if there's any huge news, um, you know, like safeties. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, thank you all so much, and you all have a good one. You too, man. Right, you too. All right. So next up, we have a special guest. Um, I actually used to work with this guy. His name is Ricky Baumgartner. Um, he is now a manager, correct, at Range Rover. Yeah, general sales manager, Jaguar Lander versus Cincinnati. All right, and I'm sure as you're listening to this, you're wondering why the hell we have a general sales manager from Range Rover here on Oof. Land Rover, I'm sorry, um, on, on our podcast here. Aaron's buying a car. And uh, two, two of them. <laughs> two of them. So you had yourself a week, right? Oh, man, today, I can say today was... Uh, I've done a lot with uh, the Reds this year, uh, and today kind of today kind of took the cake. Um, that was uh, I was pretty much brought in by the team. Uh, my Land Rover background uh, helped a little bit. Um, they're always looking for ways to to grow our business, and obviously they're doing they're looking to do the same things as well. So I was able to get brought in by Phil Phil Castellini. I, I'm sure everyone knows who who that is. Kind of a big deal. Um, Bill Reinberger, who's vice president, 
um, Jason Strang, who is also um, in their corporate sales, uh, to, to kind of give me an in-depth look at the stadium. I mean, I've been I pretty much sat in every suite that you could sit in there, and this was just mind-blowing, especially with Marty ending it today. Um, I got to go through, take a tour with Phil uh, through pretty much the entire stadium, uh, and then we ended up at the one of the front gate suites and watched the actual game. But after it was, I mean, I never expected uh, to really be on the field uh, for that moment. My phone was pretty much lighting up. Uh, obviously because, I mean, I'm sitting right next to uh, Welsh and the Cowboy and Phil and Jim Day, and, I mean, I'm sitting right there for for Marty, obviously, on the field, and that was just insanity uh, just to be sitting there with it. I never would have thought that, obviously, going there today, but uh, it was was really neat. So what was the experience like on the field as as you were down there? I mean, you say it was insanity, but, like, what was the actual vibe of the fans and everything? I wasn't. I really didn't know what was going what was going to go on, and uh, we we were down there first. Uh, so they t- I got to go underneath the stadium. Uh, we go through the dugout, and they have as most people saw, um, they had the chairs, the two rows of chairs around there, right. and it was just us. I mean, I was the first person besides Phil when I walked. I mean, I walked on the red carpet, and it's like, bam, Phil's right there. It's like, oh. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, dude? <laughs> thanks, thanks for the thanks for the beer a little bit ago. Uh, I'm here, <laughs> and uh, so I, it was just like, just don't sit. We're reserved because they've got obviously Reds personnel, family um, there, and uh, so I just sat where I sat. Then bam, Chris Welsh, then Brantley. It's like Jim Day. It's like. Uh, <laughs> uh, hi. <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> What's going on? And then uh, obviously I'm been the whole. I mean, I couldn't believe how many people stayed. I mean, if you look at the pictures online and sure. see how many people got to go on the field because they were tearing up the dirt or they were tearing up the grass. You could actually, if you could cut dirt, you could cup it in your hand and put it in your pocket if you wanted to because everything was getting redone. Um, and then Marty came. And then just sitting right there. I mean, I'm five feet from the guy um, and seeing the video messages. And you could tell it was it was an extremely emotional time for him. Um, the When they did the, the Dragonfly Foundation, uh, that, like, you could see, you could see him fighting tears hard. Sure. And, then, and, then, and that was just a cool time anyway. I mean, that was 2012 when that happened. And, yep. Uh, everyone knows 10 wins in a row. is That's a big deal. Uh, for him, uh, especially for the Reds to do that. And overall, that was a great season all in all. Uh, sucked losing in the playoffs, but uh, they, they still, that was a great year. And bringing, they brought the kids that were actually there for that event. Um, and when they, and he did not know that. So they brought the, the kids who are obviously grown up now, and um, he just lost it then. It was, it was, it was pretty emotional. That's crazy, man. Just, seeing you up there like i mean i'm browsing through facebook and i'm like oh there's ricky on stage <laughs> with everybody no big deal <laughs> just, just kind of hanging out with my my dudes i guess that didn't know who the hell i was <laughs> now just to kind of give some of our listeners an idea ricky loves baseball so much that he has a dugout in his house what i'm actually sitting on it believe it or not <laughs> It's uh, it's sturdy. I mean, you could. I mean, I've had like five people sitting on this, but no. I what I wanted to do was I wanted to I wanted to replicate the actual dugout. So 
I have it. It's not the half of it's done, but the whole dugout's done. And then you know how behind the Reds uh, dugout they have the wall wrap of the new era and the Reds uh, hat. That is what is being installed on my back wall. So I've got the Gatorade coolers that literally have nothing in it. The Gatorade towels, which was a waste of twelve dollars a piece, uh, <laughs> and the uh, Gatorade water bottles that just sit there uh, uh, in sunflower seeds. I mean, I use sunflower seeds, but I mean it's it's like it's pretty legit. Uh, I'm happy with it. And you are you are the owner of the B3 Ranch and the commissioner oh, of world renowned, <laughs> and the commissioner of the Warren County Wiffle Ball League. Well, I mean, it's it might even be bigger than Warren County now, uh, but yes, we uh, we've got a replica uh, wiffle ball field that uh, man, we had over a hundred people play last year uh, in a league. Uh, typically, eighty-five foot is uh, home run distance for wiffle ball, but we have it's one hundred and twenty-five feet, and I mean, they had kids from Moeller coming in because it was starting to get competitive. Uh, just because they needed, like, it was getting that serious. And, bring I mean, it was, wiffle ball, it was wiffle ball games that were, like, two to one. That's the, it, was, it was crazy. But it's, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I think it's one of the nicer fields in Lebanon. I mean, you, it doesn't <laughs> flood like the rest do here. So, <laughs> obviously, I did something, right? We're talking about a wiffle ball field, right? Well, whenever you want to do a tournament. Oh, yeah. I, I, dirt, dirt infield, the dirt baselines. I mean, it's, uh, we're, we're not messing around. <laughs> Well, whenever you're doing a tournament, you want to hop back on the podcast and uh, hype it up. Feel free. Yeah. Oh yeah, we've got um, we do. We're getting ready to do a home run derby. We did it for type one diabetes uh, last year and raised a ton of money for it. My wife's type one, and so I think that kind of helped. Uh, sure. Be able to sell having a baseball field in your backyard. <laughs> How have the neighbors? How have the neighbors received this? Well, we just got new neighbors, and they pretty much don't like fun, so that kind of sucks. But we've got <laughs> we've got three acres, and I think I'm gonna have to build some some a tall fence or net or whatever. He's he he's he's struggling a little bit. Not don't and don't play Celine. Don't play Celine Dion at two in the morning, full blast, um, because that really gets under his feathers. Apparently, <laughs> his heart doesn't want to go on. His heart's going everywhere but where Celine Dion's going, I can say that. Well, if you touch him like this and he kisses you like that, that was See? Celine. I'm See, I think that you guys should just buy that house and you can do the podcast out of that house. <laughs> and then we can keep hitting bombs in his yard. <laughs> well, then it'll be our yard and then it's fair game. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. I mean, people, you know, people like to play softball. But do they really like it? It's not really that hard. So I don't think to play softball. So everyone remembers wiffle ball as a kid. I mean, but you got blotters coming in at you at about forty-three miles an hour. I mean, we're we're corking bats, and we got supplies of duct tape. We got we stuck a whole we stuck a whole uh, God. What do we do? We stuck a whole roll of Christmas wrapping paper in a bat. <laughs> it's like a concrete block. <laughs> so, have you gotten your sponsorship? From, have you gotten your sponsorship from White Claw yet? Um, that, believe it or not, they actually just emailed me last week about uh, my madness. Yeah, you're not. I was. Yeah. I was really curious because I've obviously introduced <laughs> half the country to it. Uh, Are you I've kidding got, me? 
I, there, there, there was a span last week to where three straight days customers brought me in two cases apiece just because they thought they were seeing that outage, that bullshit outage. Uh, and so, I mean, they're just sitting. I don't even have, I don't even have room in the refrigerators, and I've got four refrigerators in, in my bar. It just sits here. Just ride the wave, Ricky. Ride the wave. There's no walls. Oh, there's no walls in Lebanon. <laughs> white claws everywhere. That's and you and you saw on you saw on Facebook too the the nice little gift that I got. Did you uh, see that? Oh, we haven't even talked about that yet. So you did get a gift today while down at the game, correct? I did, and it was it was it was. I mean, that was that was I think cooler than anything, just because ninety five is that was that's been my, that's my favorite jersey ever. And and while I was sitting there, my phone rang. And it was uh, Michael Lorenzen was calling me, uh, and it's like, "Hey, can you uh, come to the dugout?" I was like, "I don't think so, because that place was barricaded. You could not get out once you got in. It was done. <laughs> there, it, it was packed." But he had uh, his his actual when he hit the walk off two weeks ago, the '95 jersey he was wearing. He got it for me, signed it. And it has quote walk off um, uh, on there, and we he left it into the. Uh, into the clubhouse for me to go get after the game, and I thought that was just the coolest thing ever. All because you sold him a car. Two, yeah, two. that was number two. Now, yeah, Man. he's 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 got two now from us. Unreal. He's just a phenomenal guy, uh, a phenomenal guy. Him, him, and both Kyle Farmer both have been just incredible uh, for us. He did write what Matthew five sixteen. Yeah, there? yeah. Do you know yeah, what that verse is? Um, no, I don't. I don't. I didn't either. And I got I got one from him last year. I got a game one. A game one. He game one. He won last year too. Uh, it was a Sunday. It was a red jersey. Uh, also, that has a pretty cool quote on there. He's very very uh, religious guy, and he takes that really serious. Yeah, I got a ball signed by him. He has uh, Matt five sixteen on there too. Oh, that makes sense. Then it's probably what's on that other jersey too. Uh, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's beautiful. Oh, that makes perfect sense, too. Yep. Straight from Google. Well, awesome. Makes sense. I mean, he uh, obviously there's a reason he's up for the Roberto Clemente Award. Sounds he about does, right. He does incredible stuff. I had somebody call me from, I, think, I believe it was Hubbard Media, and it, they kind of knew the ties with me anyway, and they just wanted to share a story that he called the Alzheimer's Foundation, because they had, there was stuff with the Alzheimer's, and he just called with no ties, no nothing, just called in cold and wanted to be a part of it, and they just thought that was like the coolest thing, that he would just call to see if he can do anything to help in any way. Remarkable dude. I hope he wins. Just wish you could see more of that out of the other guys. He is, uh, when you talk to people with the Reds, he is the big one that's, that really stands out. People are always excited to talk about him. And, I mean, it's what he does on his days off, you know. And I don't get it because he's jacked out of his mind. So I know you got to work out 24-7, <laughs> too. Dude is friggin' beast mode. Yep. <laughs> beast mode. You are not kidding. If I, the way he stretches in the off season, I would snap every ligament in my body just <laughs> starting. I don't you're know how here, he does it. You're out here juicing wiffle ball bats. He's just <laughs> just crunching. Oh, I know. 
and he's just playing every position because yep. it's oh, yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> just, just <laughs> doesn't doesn't make sense. Well, Ricky, thank you so very much. Thank you so very much for your story. Uh, listen, anytime absolutely. you got a story from from any of the guys that you're selling cars to, if you're allowed to talk about it or want to talk about it, um, anything you got on your yep. wiffle ball tournaments or anything up there going on in Lebanon, let us know, and you are more than welcome to share our airwaves. Absolutely, man. You guys, I actually listened to a couple of a uh, little bits a little bit ago, and you guys, you guys talk about some good stuff. Cincinnati sports is a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, so you guys are doing a great job. It's awesome. Well, we appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Thanks for the time. All right, guys. You ready? Again, big thanks to our guests, Clay and Ricky. And at the end of our episode, we're going to have a special little tribute audio package for Marty Brenneman as uh, just kind of paying our respects to a guy that we all grew up with. Yeah, we got the audio from his last, uh, well, basically what he had to say about being the broadcaster. So it's pretty cool. Lots of stuff there for you to listen to and uh, enjoy. Say goodbye. Yeah. Let's talk UC. Desmond gives it to Michael Warren, took a shot to the shoulder near the line of scrimmage, breaking tackles, running to the 50, still on his feet down the middle of the field to the 30, to the 20. Nobody will catch the truck as he goes the distance. 73 yards for Michael Warren and a Bearcat touchdown. Well, that helps your average, doesn't it? It was 10 nothing Miami at the end of the first. Yeah. <laughs> You can tell it's been a month. It's definitely been a month since we last recorded. My sliders aren't working now. (laughs) You might need to turn your computer off and turn it back on again. I have no clue what happened. So, neither does UC football after the last three weeks. I am super loud right now. Okay, I'm fixing it. (laughs) So, we've played three games. And after three games, I have some stats that I've compiled and I had totally planned on reading some of these, and now that I'm looking at them, and there's like 15 things here. Basically, Desmond Ritter's thrown for about 600 yards in three games. He's averaging about 200 per game. He only has four touchdowns. He also has three interceptions. He's been sacked nine times. Michael Warren only has 220 yards. If you take away that 73-yard run that we just heard, he's only averaging 3.1 yards per carry. And that takes him down to roughly about 150 yards. Um, he only has four touchdowns rushing, uh, although he does have another 72 yards receiving and a touchdown there. Uh, Tavion Thomas, uh, he's got 123 on 27 carries. Jared Dokes, he's got 53 on 10 uh, as far as receiving goes. Alec Pierce, he's got 170 yards on eight catches. And this is me roughly estimating here as I'm not going to – anyway – <laughs> he's got 169. I'm just saying 170. Um, Josiah Degara, he's got about 140 yards with two touchdowns. Thomas Geddes, he's got about 90 yards with a touchdown. Jayshon Jackson, he's almost got 60 yards on six catches. No one else on the team, though, has over five receptions, over 50 yards, or a touchdown. None of those, any of those things. Not one other guy has five receptions. Not one other guy has 50 yards or more. Not one other guy has a touchdown. So we're only talking about roughly – Five, four, four, five receivers, uh, including Michael Warren. We're averaging about 170. Well, I'm not about. We're averaging 172 rushing yards per game, 198 passing yards per game. 
this was supposed to be a big offensive year for us. That was all we were talking about in the offseason. We talked about it with Jason, uh, Justin, I'm sorry, Justin Williams in the offseason. Come on, man. I, I was looking at Jason Williams from the Enquirer earlier tonight, and uh. that threw me off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're not averaging – yes, you're averaging almost 400 yards of offense, but we were supposed to be airing it out. This looks to be pretty balanced. And bear in mind that two of those games that are bringing the averages up were against Miami of Ohio and UCLA. Who well, Uni- University of Cincinnati, Los Angeles, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And then we had Ohio State. Uh, well, that wasn't and I pretty. don't even want to talk about the Ohio State game. That wasn't pretty. I'm worried about this team, man. Going into Marshall this week. On Saturday, the only place you can watch it is on Facebook, which pisses me right off. I, That's a terrible deal that we have to watch on Facebook. Well, thanks a lot, Conference USA. It's, did I just say USAA? You did. Sorry, you said Conference, Conference USAA. USAA. I don't know Whatever, what you did there. It's been a month. Um, Conference USA, all the stuff we did for you back AAC, when we were in we're, we're not in Conference USA anymore. But this is the Conference USA deal with Facebook. So because we're playing a Conference USA team... We're not. They're Mac. What the heck did I read on the internet then? I don't know. This is ridiculous. I'm pretty sure they're Mac. I'm... <laughs> Let's look it up. Anyway... So we're playing Marshall, who's two and one. They beat VMI seventeen to fifty six. They lost seven to fourteen at Boise State, who was current was was ranked at the time. They're Conference USA East. Are they? Yeah, I, I knew thought, it wasn't. Stupid. I thought then they moved up from the MAC. That's possible. Yeah, I thought they were a MAC school. Anyway, they were number twenty four at the time. Boise State was, and they lost seven to fourteen at Boise State. And then they beat Ohio University at home, 31-33. Again, this is Marshall. They've put up a lot of points, though. 56 against VMI. Understanding that it was VMI, but they they still put up 56. UC hasn't done that yet. Or anything remotely close. Fair. They only lost by a touchdown at Boise State, who's a top 25 team. And you beat Ohio, again, with a score of 33 and Ohio is supposed to be somebody that, correct me if I'm wrong, but Justin was worried about when we play them. Yeah, I thought he was. But, I mean, this team just, it's plagued with injuries, unfortunately. At the beginning of the year it happened, and and now we're just trying to find the next man up, you know. That's what they say. So, you know, I don't know. Well, after that game it doesn't get any easier. It doesn't, as, as we the issue. Play at home against UCF, who is currently 2-1, and one. They destroyed Florida A&M, 0-62. They beat FAU, 48-14. They beat Stanford, 45-27 at home. And they lost to Pittsburgh just last week, 35-34. That's a lot of points. It is a lot of that's points. A, I mean, that's a lot of points. UC's not putting up points like that. Well, yeah, not well, against anybody. Yeah. If you're going to put up points like that against somebody, should have been against Miami of Ohio. Right. Now, granted... Miami of Ohio put up more against Ohio State than we did. I got scared the beginning of that game. The when beginning they came of down and scored first. Yeah, beginning Miami of the Miami game. game. Yeah. Well, Miami scored on Ohio State. That's true. We didn't. Oh, that's a good point. At all. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, this was supposed to be a year for us. 
I'm not feeling it's nearly not over yet. I understand. I'm not feeling nearly as confident in this team right now as I was before the season started. Well, it's true. Justin talked about wanting to see this stable of backs. Now, granted, you lost McClellan before the season even really got going. And Dokes has been out. And as far as this tight end stable that we were supposed to see, the only one who's really catching passes is Josiah uh, Degara, as he has nine catches, 141, and two touchdowns. No one else is doing anything. Even the receivers aren't. And we knew the receivers was going to be an issue right? as we were talking with Justin. We still have yet to see anything from uh, Blue. Look, it's it, we had an off, we had a bye week last week, and and everything's gonna be fine now. That's that's what we say here in Cincinnati, right? <laughs> Do we? There's always. Next I feel week. like we're way more sky is falling than everything's gonna be fine. No way, man. There's always next week. Always next year. All right. Yeah, that one works too. In any case, I mean, have you watched any of these games? I have. I watched. Well, I didn't get to watch the Ohio State game because of soccer. Okay. But I, I watched the other ones, and I mean, they were good games. Like I said, against Miami, I got I got scared. Oh, the first half they were terrible. Yeah, they were they were horrible and until they made adjustments at at the half and right. came out and actually looked offensive. I watched the first game against uh, UCLA. UCLA, which okay. was a good was game. It, Pat McAfee was uh, an amazing broadcaster analyst. <laughs> uh, he's an amazing analyst. Um, I watched. Let's go, Cuzzy. Pretty much the entire Ohio State game with Ohio State fans, and that wasn't a whole lot of fun. Well, here's all the dads on the sideline at soccer. (laughs) Our our cell phone's out and just watching the game. Kids are scoring goals. (laughs) Not even worried about it. Might have missed one. (laughs) Don't tell him that. So, I don't know, man. I want to see, and I understand we're still relatively young as far as big teams go and I don't even know that we can necessarily be considered a big team well I but mean we're, we're just in general still young yeah exactly I mean that's how I feel I mean Ritter keep building Ritter looked shook still from the Ohio State game yeah, against true. Miami well he almost died right I mean he got hit a lot in that backfield well and that was one of the things that we were worried about going into the season was that offensive line so I don't know I'd, I'd like to see us Spreading the ball out more as far as the passing with, game goes. What's with offensive lines here in Cincinnati? Well, the Bengals, I can tell you what's going on with that, but we'll get into that in the next segment. Bobby Hart. It's more than that. Way Andre more, Smith. Way more. Get out of here. In any case, I'm not feeling good about these next two games at all. I am. I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic. I feel like Clay would be so proud of me for using that word without messing it up. Cautiously optimistic against Marshall? Yeah. Not feeling nearly as optimistic against UCF. I'm not afraid of the thundering herd. You can say optimistic, but I can't say herd. I'm not <laughs> afraid of them. No? No. Even though... Every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds a nut, and maybe okay. they found it three times this year. Well, VMI is nothing to well, write right, home about. Exactly. But Neither is Miami, but we'll, we won't talk about that. Well, we already did talk about that. They, but, they yeah. eked by Ohio... And they they did lose to a top twenty five Boise State, although it was only by a touchdown at Boise State. That's fair. That blue field to mess anybody up, though. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Especially if you're if you have if you're colorblind, I'm not gonna see anything. 
Okay. Am I walking on air? Is that what's happening? I don't think that's how that works. I think that's how it works. Nope. Okay, it does not work that way, guys. So, in any case, ready to move on and talk a little bit about some Bengals? Let's do it. All right. Texas Forever Street. Texas Forever. Yo, everybody, listen up. Let's do it. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God. Well, so far we have not touched God um, at all. (laughs) <laughs> um, matter of fact, God's been against us in about uh, two of these games. It's Steelers week. It is Steelers week, and it's on Monday Night Football. It's Steelers week. which uh, Prime time Steelers week. Which means we're going to lose. Or there could be a bloodbath. Well, the Steelers are going to have, what, they, they're on their th- their backup quarterback? Correct. Okay. Big Ben's so, done for the year. Yeah, so he's going to, their backup quarterback's going to have an amazing game. Like Mason Rudolph? Oh, he's going to have an amazing, what's the Bengals? Did you hear what he did in his first snap against the Houston Texans? No, I'm sorry, against Seattle. Against Seattle. No. Winks at Jadavion Clowney across the line. Why does he do that? That's before, not a good idea. That's a stupid that, idea. Just feeling it. They did go on to lose that game, but he, a, he was feeling it. That's a horrible idea. You don't wink at that guy. That guy will destroy you. Well, currently Vegas has Pittsburgh a four-point a four point lead on us. Spread. Four, that, that was I, clearly not a gambler. Uh, four-point spread on us. This has been my favorite of the season so far. But you put a new center in the game. You need to snap it. Wait, wait. I thought you said on one. False start. Offense. All alignment except for the center. <laughs> the we entire team. Yeah, so he's the except for the center. All the linemen, not just not the center. So have you watched all three of the Bengals games so far this season? Uh, have I watched all three? Yeah, I have. All right, so we lost to the Seahawks wait opening. Uh, the second game? We lost to the Seahawks opening game 21-20. We all had hope afterwards, right? We're Correct. like, hey, hey, we, yeah. that was great. Yeah. yeah. Andy threw up a bunch of yards. He did. game for he, Andy. He did. Optimistic. Let's do Correct. this. We got this. And then we played the 49ers. And then we died. We did. We died. 41-17. to <laughs> It was ugly, man. It, it was wasn't ugly. wasn't good. And, they, and that was a the game They where, didn't have an answer for anything. Well, in the third quarter, Michelle looks at me and says, hey, do you want to go uh, just turn this game off? Do you want to do anything else? Well, she's like, do you want to go look at cars? I'm like, yes. Parcheesi? I, I would much rather talk to a car salesman than, than watch the rest of this game. Do you want to go downstairs and dust and vacuum? Uh, that I would did, be more, that more fun than watching I this game. game. That's actually fair. That's what I did. Um, and then we, we lost just last week. I don't like to talk about the refs very often. Okay, we can talk about that for a second. There were so, some blown calls. So in that first game, I don't remember exactly what it was. Against the Bills, 21-17. The, the first game against um, uh, the Seahawks, yes. right? W- w- remind me what that play was at the end when they didn't give us time. Oh, the uh, they called it um, It was a forward pass, and they called it a fumble. Remember that? Correct. And it we was right, had, at, right at the end. We would have had like 30 seconds. I don't even know. I don't think it would have been that long. Whatever. Give us our chance. That but was not That was not a fumble. It wasn't a fumble. Yeah. If, if that's a fumble, then how is the Tom Brady tuck rule if, not, if, if that's not a, fumble, a fumble? Then every pass in the NFL is a fumble. <laughs> I mean, it had a spiral. It had a it. spiral. So the ref screwed us in that. And then we come back to this game, right? So we, The Bills we, game? Yeah. We shoot ourselves in the foot in the first uh, half. I mean, yeah, first half. I mean, the O-line looked horrible. I mean... 
I think we had like four they yards. They just eventually pull out Andre Smith because they should have like, pulled out everybody. Yeah, they, just so put in defensive line. Bobby at that Hart point. couldn't block a single person, so he kept getting penalties. Bobby it, Hart wasn't even the worst. So here's the deal with the offensive line. I told you I'd talk about this. It's horrible. It is, but we're playing with third string at this point. Well, right. So we here, can't keep guys here's healthy. the guys that we have out right now. You had a player in Clint Bowling retire. Right before the season. Right before the season started. Jonah Williams, our first-round draft pick, goes Injured. down for the season, uh, or at least until he comes back from IR, if he comes back this season. Um, you've had Cordy Glenn on the concussion protocol for, what, a, a, a month? A month? Yep. So you're missing three starters right there, right off the gate. Um Billy Price, our first-round pick from last year, couldn't find a starting spot until Michael Jordan went down. And so now you're left with just moving some people around, shuffling things. Right. You have Andre Smith, who's on his one, two, third we let stint. Him, we let him walk a while ago for a reason. One, two, third stint with the Bengals. That's true. That's so crazy. Third stint, really? Yeah. Oh, dang. It's bad, man. It's bad. We have to keep going back to that. But then, so after our first half woes, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, we decided we learned how to play football again. Well, you could argue that we had a kickoff return for, was it a kickoff or a punt? I believe Uh, it was a kickoff. Maybe it was a punt. In any case, returned for a touchdown and called back on a bullshit holding call. Right. And it's been broken down. The guy turned around, yep. and then you had the ref who explained to our special teams coach that was the easiest call I ever made. <laughs> he turned him around. No, man, he clearly turned around on his own and started running away. What are you talking about? It was ridiculous. And then we're going – so we, we tie it up, right? Andrew Brown gets choked out at the end. Yep. In a headlock. There was a, there was a face mask for sure on one of those plays. On on the tight end when he was... Yeah. No. Right? No, it wasn't a tight end. There was a tight... There was a, a safety. There was a time that Knox, the tight end, was running with the ball after he got it. You could argue that he lowered his head, leading with his crown as the receiver. Yes. Yes, that and happened. Then, and then he did face mask. Yep. Also on that play. Twice. Um, and then you had... At, towards the very end of the game, our defensive lineman, Andrew Brown, was put in a headlock by one of their offensive right. linemen while Josh Allen's back there scrambling around. Right. And then we have – so the, okay, so let's just go – so it's we're down by two? Well. No, we needed a, we needed to score a touchdown. Probably. Down by four, I think. Oh, we, we lost by four. Yeah, so we're down by four. We, we actually start making a march down the field. All right. Uh – Interception, and he runs back to the end zone for a safety, but it's not a safety, right? Because he says he gave himself he up. Gave himself up. Well, I looked up the rules of giving yourself up. When a man catches the ball and voluntarily goes to the ground, he did not voluntarily go to the ground. No, he where he was, where he ended up when he intercepted the ball. He dove for the catch. Mm-hmm involuntarily hit the ground because, mm-hmm. well, he did, was not on his feet mm-hmm. and then ran into the end zone for a safety. So that's the only thing that I don't like is when the refs are making subjective calls. It's the only thing. 
because I agree. If we had been on the other side of that, where yes. we had a guy who intercepted the ball and ran to go celebrate like that, we would have all felt the very same way. You could argue, like when Vontez Burfik yeah, exactly Vontez sprinted thing. into the tunnel right. after that interception in the playoffs against the Steelers. We didn't get a penalty on that for some reason, but then we imploded very shortly thereafter. Exactly. But so I'm not. I'm less worried about that. What was that guy's name? Who? That that fumbled that football. Um. You, uh, yes, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Then, Hill. Then he Jeremy won, Hill. Yeah, then he won a ring with the Patriots sitting anyway, on the bench, right? Don't talk about yeah. it. I don't want to talk about I just want to remind him of that because he blocked me on Twitter. So <laughs> he probably should have. I hope he's listening to this. So I don't know. I feel like there's still hope because the way that Zach Taylor talks, the way that even still the players are talking. Well, okay, so they're let's still talk about positive. That for a second, though, right? So something that Zach Taylor did at the end of the game that Marty or Marty, damn, I'm sorry, that we've been uh, we've been Marvin, off for a month. Right. We've been off for a month. That Marvin never would have done is run down the field and argue that it was a safety, and he, he got showed emotional. Pa- about he showed it. passion. He wasn't just clapping his clipboard. Right. Let's go, guys. Let's go. You know what? You know what Marvin would have done? Taking off the headsets, gone and shook hands. Gone. I dropped my headset. <laughs> hope it works still. Anyway. It works really. At least there's things to feel good about. Even if it's not this season, there's things to feel good about. Now, on the flip side of that, con- of that coin, I'm not an Andy Dalton apologist. I will never be an Andy Dalton apologist. I've never been an Andy Dalton hater. I'm not ready to be an Andy Dalton hater yet, as there's still a year and a half left on his contract. And I very strongly believe that he's going to be here for the next year and a half. I don't think we'll see Andy Dalton leave Cincinnati until his contract is up. So, But with that said, yeah. I think we'll draft a quarterback of the future next yeah. year in the first round. Yeah. And I think that Andy Dalton's going to be here expected yeah. to groom him before he ships out. Yeah. That's what happened with uh, Carson Palmer and John Kitna. It is. I miss John Kitna. <laughs> he's back in the league. No, he's not. Yes, he What's is. What's he doing? Quarterback coach. I thought he was coaching high school ball in he Texas. He was. I believe he's. I thought he was down in Texas teaching high school ball with uh, Adam Dunn. I believe he's with the Cowboys. That's a fair statement. He could be with the Cowboys. Question. It makes sense that he'd be coaching high school ball in Texas. Kitna. John. He is with the Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks coach. Nope. Typed in John Kitna and the B3 Ranch came up. <laughs> I think I hit the wrong button. I think your computer's broken. Your computer's been off. Your computer's been off for a month as well. So this week, the Bengals have the Steelers on Monday night. Steelers are coming in 0-3. Did you see what Bengals social media did this week? I did not. Uh, they said they, they wrote something. I don't remember the caption was. I think it said like it was on Facebook. I think it said big game this week, and had a GIF of TJ. Uh, why Shining his, his shoes cleats? With... When did the Bengals start doing that? Maybe they hired somebody new who just stopped giving Fs. I wish they would have hired me. <laughs> did you apply for the job? No, I didn't know it was open. Weird. The Reds one was open for a little while. Oh. oh, no, the Cyclones one was open. The UC Thought one. Thought about The UC one was well, open. Well, congratulations to O-Varsity on that, by the way. There's... Well, what's his name? Uh, Spencer. Spencer, I think. Yeah. I almost said Travis. But so the Bengals have the Steelers this week. 0 and 3 versus 0 and 3. Big Ben's done. AB's gone. Juju's your main guy, and Le'Veon Bell's gone, and uh, Connor 
James Connors, your guy there. Do you think Big Ben's done for the rest? Of, I mean, forever. I hope so. I mean, for various reasons, I why hope come so. back? You get injured every year. He's never You're been done for the season like and, this, though. I know, but he's slow. He's old. Oh, here it is. It, they they wrote, "Is it Monday yet?" And they have TJ wiping his shoes. Nice. Shout out to that guy. I don't know. I'm excited no about this game because I feel like Andy Dalton has a very good opportunity to win in prime time. That would be interesting if he did. Mm-hmm. Has he ever won in prime time? He's won in prime time. Yes, it's just not been very often. You can probably look that up somewhere on, I'm not on the internet. He is. He's with Dallas. He's a quarterback. Coach. I know. I told you that. Good God, man. I'm a little behind. We're still talking about that. By the way, Memphis is coming back at being Navy. No Navy one, hasn't scored since the first half. No one listening to this cares oh. about that game. But what's important about this game in particular is Bengals are 0-3. Steelers are 0-3. The Ravens are also playing Cleveland this weekend. So we have... All of the divisional teams playing one another. That's true. The Ravens are currently sitting at two and one. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Browns are sitting at one and two. If the Browns squeak out a win here, they finish at two and two at the end of the week. Ravens finish at two and two at the end of the week. If we beat the Steelers this week, we're sitting at one and three. We're only one game out at that point <laughs> of first place. So Pac-Man Jones is on Instagram. Yeah. And I guess he was dropping his daughter off at school the other day, and one of the little kids asked him a question. Mm. And so he put that question on Instagram. He, doesn't, he doesn't think it's going to happen. What? Here. Off at school, right? So one of the kids screamed out the window, Hey, Mr. Jones, do you think the Bengals going to do what the Texans did? I'm like, what the hell did the Texans do? He was like, they lost the first three. And came back and won nine straight. I looked up at the kid. I said, I'm sorry, but ain't no way in hell they're going to win nine straight. I concur. We are not winning nine straight. He also had a fat wad in his lip. We are not winning nine straight. Yeah. No, we're not. 100%. We are not not winning nine straight. It's not happening. All right. But also, if the people in my fantasy football league... Are you playing fantasy? Uh... The same league I've been in for a while. Uh, it's the only team I'm on. Um, if we did rounding third, I was going to ask if you were playing fantasy I football this year. About it, um, but uh, if they could quit trying to send me trades for Lamar Jackson, that'd be great. I'm not trading him. He's I have AB, and so, I made a tra- I made a trade this week. Did you trade for AB? No, no. I traded uh, Carson Wentz, and I traded uh, Sony Michelle for Cooper Cup. And Leonard Fournette. Do you think I should just drop AB? Yes. Okay. I don't know when he's coming back. Should I do that live on here on the show? No. Okay. You should think about it and not just listen to me. I'm going to think about it. For a do bit. some research. Well, he, he just he said he didn't want to come back to the NFL. And then he, I thought he was going to XFL for sure. All right, man. 2020. You ready to move on? Oh, yeah. What Before we do, I actually wanted to shout out a couple things here. It's been a weird couple of weeks here for uh, one of the friends of... I, I think we can call him a friend of the show. He's not ever called in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, Stuart... Chelsea. Chelsea, our, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For sure. I know that people like to make fun of people who are thoughts and prayers people, um, but I've actually been thinking about them often. A lot. Um, 
I thought about playing a little uh, Taylor Swift on the show tonight. Just a, a quick recap of what's going on with these guys. Uh, they went to the UC Ohio State game and not making light of anything that happened, but apparently that game was too much for Chelsea, and she collapsed. And something, yeah. Some, some, I don't think they're, they're even 100% sure they're yet. Not, no. From what I've read, they're not 100% sure as to what's going on. But if you've seen that hashtag, if you've seen the news, it's all over the place. But uh, hashtag Chelsea meets Taylor, even though you had it backwards. I messed it up the other you day. Did. Sorry about that. You sorry. had it backwards the other day. I um, but, no, they're, they're good people. They're friends of all of Bearcat Twitter. For sure. Um, they're huge Bearcats fans. I've seen them down at the uh, the basketball games. I've not seen them any in the football games, but that's they're there. Right, I've just sure. not seen them. There's a lot more people down there. Um, but yeah, they're they're going through some things, and she she wasn't doing well. But it sounds like there's been a lot of improvement over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it sounds like that she's conscious and is um, responding and cognizant and has. Uh, much better brain function than she had a couple weeks ago. So Correct. we are we are happy to see that there's been some improvement there. And uh, don't like to bring the heavy stuff on you guys, but just if you're the thoughts and prayers kind of people, send some their way. Exactly. If not, just send good vibes and positiveness. Anyway. You did find you some Taylor Swift. I swear I'd never played on this show, but I'm doing it. Swift so much. Anyway, that's for you. That's enough, right there, Chelsea. Yeah. Um, we ready to do bum of the week? Oh yeah, we can do some bum of the week. Cool. Cause you're training like a damn bum, you know that? Bum. A bum. You are a bum. You're a bum. And that's all you'll ever be, a bum. Well, that hurts, man. All right, first bum of the week is us for not putting together a rounding third segment <laughs> because we have been we didn't even know if this week was going to happen with recording. Glad it did. Yes, but good God! Even about an hour before we recorded this, I was like, man, I really should just be ironing my clothes right now. I'm I'm tired. Yeah, I'm really tired. Yeah, well, um, it happens. What you got for it's bum of the week? 11. Uh, my bum of the week is an Iowa reporter. Um, so I don't. You guys have probably all seen this. Uh, Carson King uh, holding up a sign saying "Bush Light Supply needs replenished." Venmo me, uh, and he got Venmoed a lot of money, like a lot of money. I don't remember ex- the exact total. over a million. Yeah, it was over a million dollars. So instead of just using that million dollars to uh, go ahead and buy himself, no, it wasn't over a million. Well, maybe it is. Um, instead of just you know buying himself some more beer, uh, he went and donated a huge chunk of that, three hundred and fifty dollars actually, to three hundred fifty, three hundred fifty thousand. There it is. Sorry about that. He raised nearly a million dollars to Children's Hospital. Um, so what's the Iowa? S- some other people matched that. Yeah. Uh, Whatever his donations were, there were some other groups that matched that. Yeah, I can't. It's, it doesn't say here. Uh, I don't. I don't remember all what it I was. I know there were. Yeah, I, there were some matches. Anheuser Busch matched it, and someone else matched it. Well, now Anheuser Busch has ended their partnership with him because. Oh, Anheuser Busch promised to donate three hundred fifty thousand. Um, he was donating pretty much all of what was sent to him, but 
So some Iowa reporter decided he was going to dig up some tweets on this guy and found some tweet that he made years ago, uh, some jokes jokes amongst friends while watching Comedy Central's Tosh.0. I don't have the tweet in here. Um, but basically, uh, yeah, basically he had, they're now calling him out and calling him a bad person, which is stupid. Uh, and why do we have to try to take people who are trying to do good, you know? I was going to say, can we just and leave shoot him down? Clearly, just leave it there! Clearly he's a good kid. Leave it there! He could have just taken the money. He could have bought himself a Porsche. There was nothing that he had to do with that money. He could have finished paying for school. Yeah. I mean, it would have been nice. That sucks. But instead, we have to go well, tear people down. Ed Ed did so much digging, in fact, that he has hardly any facts of this entire story. I, I, I knew a lot of this story last week when I thought we were going to record. <laughs> All right. And then I, and then I didn't know this My story. bum of the week is Baker Mayfield. Stop! Yes, Rex Ryan called you out for being overrated. Probably because you are. From Dove Kleiman, at NFL underscore Dove Kleiman, since he became a starter, Baker Mayfield has thrown 19 interceptions. That's more than any quarterback in the league. He has also thrown six of those interceptions in the fourth quarter, also more than any quarterback in the league. At the end of the day, 61-66, and which is Rex Ryan's record as a head coach, not counting playoffs, is still better than Baker Mayfield. Rex Ryan has a Super Bowl ring while running the defensive line for the Ravens in 2000. Baker isn't savage for calling out Rex Ryan. He's deflecting. He's a bum. He's not a bum. Go take another picture with a tiger. Did you write that? Yeah, I wrote that. Have you seen the commercials that he does? I don't see commercials because I don't have TV. Oh, he's like Everything he's I like, watch is streaming. Push mower and he's trying to start I it. I actually have seen that commercial. Yeah. And a man it, should cut his own grass. Um, you be cut your grass lately? How old is Baker Mayfield? Just asking. Why does he look forty with his high socks? I don't know. Some of us look old. Why yeah. do I have gray in my beard? What's he doing? What? Wh- why are people wearing high socks? Like these tube socks? It's the Get out of here. The 90s are coming back. It's gross. The 90s are coming back. Like, I still think that my ankle socks show too much ankle. Or too much sock. And not enough ankle. What about the people who don't wear socks at all? Their, their shoes stink. Yeah. That's, that's a true statement. Though. Anyway. Ed, what's yes. in your fridge? There's, a, there's stuff in my fridge that's been there for a little while, but... It is now time for everyone's favorite segment. What is in Ed's fridge? So, real quickly, before we do this, uh, I want to give a shout out to Kelsey. Um, did I just say Kelsey? You did. That's was what it, I meant. Was it not for Kelsey? No, it was for Kelsey. Anyways, uh, shout out to her and her husband for Phil for getting uh, this beer for us. Nice. I was out of town when it was released, and they were going to get it, and they bought me a six pa- a four pack. So she's going to get a part in the punctuation koozie. We're still doing those, even though we never did them. I got them sitting upstairs. I nice. just got to print them. Uh, <laughs> I got like ten. Can't wait to get mine. I can't wait either. So what we're drinking tonight is a special release from Listerman. Uh, it's called Haterade. Haterade. It is an orange Gatorade uh, that is, you know, brewed with, you know, beer. Uh, a Burnline Weiss uh, with electrolytes. I'm so, so excited about this. You could drink this when you have a... And get rehydrated. A hangover, yeah, because you'll get rehydrated. Um, but Listerman has some good stuff, by the way. And so 
This should be pretty good. 4.3% well, ABV. I should say it is good. Hater rate. I've already drank it. And it's a sour beer, too. Be careful. That's fantastic. Ain't it, though? My God. Ain't it? It's I like so it. good. I enjoy it. Also, I think for next show, I'm going to try to get the... Because uh, it comes out... No, it came out yesterday. What is it? The Braxton pumpkin pie. Mmm. I might have an in at Braxton. Oh, good. Maybe I'll see if we can get sponsored. Vive. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be some? I drink some Vive. Is it Vive or Vive? I thought it was Vive. I, I, I feel like it's Vive. Is there like an umlau over top of it that I don't, I don't know. know about? I don't know the answer to that. I thought it was Vive. I don't know. Braxton feels like it's some. It's delicious. It is. I like Back it. on the Weight Watchers. So I've been anyway, that a lot. Again, thank you to our new listeners. Thank you to the returning listeners. This has been the first episode we've done in damn near a month. And for that, again, damn, it's a long episode. We do apologize. But don't forget to check us out on all our social media sites. For Ed, I'm Aaron. We out. The final home game of the year. The Reds thus finish their home schedule at 41 wins and 40 losses. And we'll officially close out uh, what has been a disappointing year. Even though they are going to end up with a better record than they had last year, uh, still in all, they go to Pittsburgh to try and make something out of their finish. Uh, normally, we recap. Uh, Jeff, I got some things to say. Me too, buddy. Um, again, I want to reiterate what I said earlier. I don't... I don't feel like that uh, all the hullabaloo that has been created over me retiring uh, has been uh, misplaced. I feel like the people that um, welcome me into the city, when I came in 1974 and have maintained that love and affection through all these years, they're the ones that um, I should be giving back to rather than they give to me. Um, this has been almost a surreal day for me today, getting up and thinking about broadcasting my last baseball game, which at times was almost incomprehensible to me. It was hard for me to, to come to grips with that part of it, but the... the the retirement thing was an easy thing for me to do because there are places I want to go and things I want to do with Amanda and I'm healthy and um, but that doesn't make the departure any less easy uh, or any more easy I should say uh, there are people hanging around here God bless them I'll be on the field shortly and I'll be able to talk to some of these people up close and personal but you know this city once they decide that you're one of theirs uh, being the most provincial city I've ever lived in. Uh, once they decide that you are one of them, if you come from the outside, it's going to take a while because they are very protective of their city and very protective of people that they feel like is one of them. And when they felt that way for me, and I can almost pinpoint the time it happened in July of 74, uh, it's almost like if you and I are brothers and I can call you the vilest names in the world, but that guy standing next to you can't. I can do it, but he can't. And I think that's the way it is to have lived in this city all the time that I have and to have made all the friends that I have and 
had been a hand in raising three kids through three marriages and, and, and never, ever lessened my love for this city in any aspect of it. And I'm proud to say that I'll be here until the day that they pass muster on me for the final time. Uh, I'm proud to say I'm a Cincinnatian. And for those who are here today and for those who are listening wherever they might be, uh, just know how much you're loved. Ed. And how much you're appreciated. That's all I got. Well, I, I want to tell you something, Marty, because we don't, we don't talk about this a whole lot simply because we're here all the time together. And it, it's difficult to, to share these things when, when you stand day to day. But you talked about protection. And when you come in and you're trying to take a seat that Joe Nuxall held for forever, um, you did something for me that I don't know that anybody's done that except my dad. And that is um, protecting you from, from failure and protecting you so that you can have some success. And lost my dad a long time ago and never thought that I would ever have that kind of relationship with another man ever. Um, but you have protected me. You have taken care of me from day one that I walked into this booth. And that, that's part of the reason that these folks here in Cincinnati accepted this country guy because Marty Brenneman accepted me. And I can't thank you enough for that and just for your teaching and helping me understand what it's like and what it's supposed to be to broadcast ball games. What I do hope going forward is that we will be able, Tommy and I will yeah. be able to make you proud, not only the people here, but you've set a standard here, and I hope that we will be able to make you proud and carry on the phenomenal tradition that is here in Cincinnati and on Cincinnati Radio. Well, Thank you, buddy. You know how much I love you, pal, and I, 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 uh, I, I just hope that the people now going forward will accept Tommy Thrall as well as they accepted me 46 years ago. Um, he's a very talented young man. I think people know, uh, having listened to his work uh, beginning in spring training and, and, of course, all throughout the course of the year, and uh, treating fairly, giving him an opportunity to settle in uh, in the seat that I'm sitting in right now because he will end up being here for a while and doing a very, very, very good job. Um, to uh, the other broadcast partners that we have, the Tom Brennemans and Chris Welches and Jeff Picoros and Doug Flynn's and uh, Danny Graves and Sam LeCure and Brian Giesenslaw. Uh, I hope I didn't miss anybody. Uh, they know how I feel about them. And first and foremost, The guy sitting behind me. All the years that uh, Dave Armbrister and I have been together over 25 years, and and when I make the comment periodically that he's our mentor and mentor and spiritual leader, and people get a laugh out of that, but there's much more truth to that statement than not. Um, I would not know how to operate consistently at home without him being with us and 
and taking care of all the problems. I say all, they're rare, but when they crop up, he handles it with the same calm, placid attitude that he has about everything else. He injects caustic comments into situations when we turn around and tell him to keep quiet, and he gives it back to us. Um, I, I, I've never been around a fellow so adept at what he does and has blended in so well uh, with the fabric of this radio booth beginning in the days when Joe and I were together and more recently uh, with Jeff. Um, I, I just can't talk enough about the affection that I have for Dave Armbruster. We call him Yid, and uh, I'm going to miss him as much as I miss anybody uh, when the 2020 season gets underway. And uh, Yid, I thank you for your friendship, and I thank you for the work that you've given us for all of these years. Um, I'm going to be on the field in a moment. I'm going to be visiting with the fans who have hung around this afternoon. I look forward to seeing you. Again, I appreciate your love. It's a two-way street, and hopefully we'll... Uh, we'll see each other down the road because Amanda and I are not going anywhere. We'll be in and out of town, but I have too much invested in this city to pull up and, and leave like other people have done in the past. I don't anticipate and never expect to live anywhere else but this town uh, because of how wonderful it has been to me and my, my three kids and my grandkids. Um, it's just a very, very special place, and I hope that all of those listening and those who are in the ballpark listening to our comments understand it with a passion that I try to, uh, to portray about this town. Um, gentlemen, I'm good to go. Jeff, I love you. I love you too, buddy. Yet I love you. Tommy, I love you. My kids are in here. It couldn't be any better than this to have my whole family together. And if you see me out and about in the town in the days and weeks and months and years to come, come up and say hello and we'll chat a bit. Tommy, back to you.